0: looking around this morning and uh, it's good to see some folks back with us that hadn't been here in a while. Amen. And uh, good to see Brittany. She's back with us and she's doing good it appears. Um, it's good to see. i tell you who it's good to see. And y'all may think Daniel has sat down on the front row. We're gonna have church this morning. Amen. <laughs> uh, it's good to see uh, Tanner and Mason back with us. If y'all noticed they had not been here the last few weeks. And uh, that's because they're preaching a lot, and, uh, and, and every time a preacher asks for a young preacher's number, then I usually shoot them a text with about four different preacher's numbers, and these two guys are on it. And uh, last week, Tanner was at my, my former pastorate at Taylor's Providence, and I don't know where you were, Mason. Were you just skipping church? Palmer, he was way over in in no man's land in Palmer, Tennessee, and I believe both of them are preaching next week, if I'm not mistaken. So you're not preaching next week? I'll get you an appointment, brother. But it's good to see them. You know, it, it's good to have too many preachers. It's not enough. Amen. And it's good to have these guys with us. And Cecil, I kind of laughed. I don't know if y'all noticed before that, that fourth song we sung, but Cecil said, I'm going to sing a very unfamiliar song this morning. And, and I just doubled over laughing because Cecil is, is a walking encyclopedia of gospel and Christian music. Cecil can pull songs out. And my question is how he writes a song and gets it in the hymnal book so fast because I think he's just making these songs up as we go. But I appreciate Cecil and all that he does, but, but I, was, I was laughing. That's why I was laughing on stage. He said, we're going to sing a very unfamiliar song. And, and I thought, oh, uh, here we go, brother. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, you know I'm going to preach a Christmas-themed message, right? So let's just go to the very beginning, as far in the beginning of the New Testament as you can get. Matthew chapter number 1. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 1. And if you'll stand when you find that, honor the reading of God's Word. I'm going to preach an unconventional message. And when you start reading the text, you're probably going to start scratching your head. But just bear with me this morning. The Bible says this. If you're there, please say amen. amen. It says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, or Judah and his brethren. And Judah begat Phares and Sarah." of Tamar, and fairies begat Ezra, and Ezra begat Aram, and Aram begat Abinadab, and Abinadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah, and Solomon begat Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa. And Asa begat Josephat, and Josephat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias, and Ozias begat Jotham, and Jotham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Os- Josias. Is anybody, everybody, still with me? Right? Pray for me, folks. And Josias begat Jeconias, and his brethren. About this time, they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconess begat Salathiel, and Salathiel begat Zerobabel, and Zerobabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Zadok, and Zadok begat Akim, and Akim begat Eliod, and Eliod begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Matim, and Mattam begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. is called Christ let's pray father we love you God and we thank you for all your many blessings and God as we go into the time of preaching this morning God I just pray for your blessing God I pray for your anointing and God I pray for your touch Lord I thank you for the songs that we've heard sung and and Lord as we enter into this precious season God help us to remember what this is about that Lord this is about your son Jesus And what he did and and how he came to this earth as a baby. But God, I thank you that he didn't stay a baby. That Lord, he grew up into a man and died as a sacrifice for my sins on a cross. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for that. Lord, you're so good to us. and, And Lord, I thank you for the folks that are here. God, be with the ones that cannot be here. Lord, due to whatever situation that may be. And God, as this, as this sermon even goes out later today on the internet, God, I just pray that you will bless those that may listen. God, help them. Lord, touch people and continue to minister. Because God, we know that your, your ministry can continue outside of the walls. And God, it can continue in living rooms and in cars and in, at workplaces and all these. God, and I just pray that it would everything that would, is done today would resound to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the first question, you may be seated. The first question you're asking yourself is, what's he going to preach on this morning? And the second question you're going to ask yourself is, did he just speak in tongues? No, I'm just kidding about that. But as I, I studied this, and, and I'll be honest with you, I sat in my office and I opened my audio Bible, and, and you can find that on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever you have, and I was playing these names, and I thought, my goodness. And so I tried my best to remember how that Alexander Scorby guy, anybody ever heard of him? He, he says these names so eloquently and so great. But, but as I read this text and as I studied, I began to read, and, and I read every single account of Jesus' birth, And actually there are really only two accounts of Jesus' birth in the Bible. And you'll find those in Matthew and you'll find those in Luke. John doesn't even really address the birth of Jesus. And Mark just spends just a couple of verses talking about it. But we get to Matthew. And the book of Matthew is a book that talks about the humanity of Jesus. Now on the contrast that, really quick, the book of John, if you know much about it, talks about the, the lordship of Jesus and how that Jesus is God. But Matthew really wants to focus on the fact that Jesus was actually a man. He was actually flesh, just like you and I. And so we find here in the book of Matthew chapter 1, we find the lineage or we find the genealogy of Jesus. Now, just to spare you the reading today, because I know that you don't want to hear, read me, me to read a bunch of bagats again, do you? But in the book of Luke chapter 3, as you go home later, you can find actually the, 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 the lineage of Mary. Now, this is the lineage of Joseph. But actually, what you'll find when you read that on your own is that the lineage of Mary and Joseph actually stay the same from Abraham until Jesse and unto David and all these folks like that, and then it began to split, and and they actually come back together. Now, how many of you in here like genealogy? How many of you like to look up where you came from? And Cecil should be raising his hand right now. I'll tell you what, I I talk about Cecil a lot, and it's because I love him, but you can't go anywhere and take Cecil that he doesn't know somebody's dead grandma, okay? And not only that, but he can tell you where they're buried. And what, when they got buried there, and then he'll go as far as to tell you what the weather was like that day. I mean, it's serious business. And we laugh at that, but you know, as, as much as we hate to admit it, we, we've all got ancestors, and we've all got a genealogy, don't we? Some of us know where we came from, and some of us don't have a clue. My mother, she was really into genealogy. And and, and in her older years after she retired, she had injured her neck and was not able to work. And so she would sit at home and she said, I'm going to figure out where we came from. And my first thought is, Mama, you might not want to do that because you may find out some things that you don't want to find out. And so she started looking this up. And and some highlights of of my family's history. I'll be honest with you. I come from, from plain people. Just, just country folks, but, but one of the things she said, hey, I just found this really interesting thing out today. She said, I found out that my great-great-grandpa was actually able to change the election of a sheriff in Overton County. I said, well, praise the Lord for that. I said, how in the world did he do that? He, she said, well, when they went to vote, she untied their horses and ran them off so they couldn't go to vote. And I thought, my goodness, how awesome is that that, that somebody, my, my family fixed an election by running off somebody's horses. And she came up with all these interesting things How that one of my ancestors had fought in the Revolutionary War. And and there's a copy of a letter that he had written from a POW camp, which is very precious to my family. Something that's really neat to have, that that all the things that my family did. But you know, Jesus had a family too. We think about Jesus, when you think of the name Jesus, you automatically think uh, that he is God in the flesh. And he is, but Jesus was a man just like you and I that he came and he dwelt among us in flesh and in blood. And and as we read this, we we read it, and and the things that I really want to bring out, and and I'll get to the main message in just a few minutes, but if you notice this in the first few verses, a lot of you recognize some of the names that I read, don't you? Anybody recognize the name uh, Abraham? Anybody ever heard that name before? And as I studied this out and I began to think, what, what is so significant about this? Why was Matthew so interested that he took the time to start his book out I mean, if, if anybody in here has ever written a book, I'm going to tell you that the best way to start a book out is not by just writing down whose who's dad is whose dad and whose dad is whose dad because you're not going to get many readers to pay attention. But Matthew thought that something was so important about this that he opened his book up with these this generations or this genealogy of Jesus. And the first thing he talks about is Abraham, the first person. And basically every good Jew, every Jew could trace their history back to Abraham. Abraham is actually one of the reasons that we're sitting here today. Did you know that? Even us in the year 2020. I'm going to read you a verse from the book of Genesis. And we started in Matthew, so it's only fitting that we go to the first book of the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 17, verse number 6, God is talking to Abraham. And it said this, that he would be exceeding fruitful, and kings shall come out of thee. God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to make many great nations out of you. And then he says this, we, we like to talk about Abraham being the father of nations, right? We've heard that, that Abraham is the father of the Jewish people. But did you know that Abraham is the father of kings? And God told him that. But see, what's very important about that is we need to take note that the king of kings came out of the lineage of Abraham. We don't think about that very often. Then you move on and you go to Abraham's son Isaac and you go on and and you get to Jacob, the father of the tribes, and you get to Judah. And then you go on just a little bit further. And you see all these names and, and just reading them at face value, they don't mean a lot. But then you get to verse number 5 and, and I want to draw your attention to verse number 5 and it says, And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Now this is, this is translated out of two different languages. Understand me. I'm going to give you just a little bit of biblical knowledge here that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And so the names that you read in the Old Testament out of Hebrew are going to be translated just a little bit different than the New Testament which was translated out of Greek. Is everybody still with me, right? Now we're talking about Greek. I went from speaking in tongues to go speaking Greek, right? No, I'm just kidding. But we get here, and this name Boaz, this is the Boaz that, that, was the, the, that had married Ruth. But you notice that Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Anybody remember Rahab? We don't like to talk about Rahab a whole lot. We, we know that she hid the spies, and we know that she did a great service for God. But you know what she was? She was a prostitute. She was a lady that everybody would have looked down on in her time. When they saw her, they would have despised her. Now how in the world, why would God allow somebody that had uh, had a, 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 a reputation of a prostitute to be in the lineage of his son? Do you see that? Is everybody still with me? That Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus. And so she had a son named Boaz. And it says, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And so we find an entire book of the Bible about this great lady named Ruth. And how that she was a Moabite woman. And that she had lost her husband to battle. And it seemed that there was no hope for her that she might as well go back home. See, the thing about it is, is is not only were prostitutes looked down on, Moabites were looked down on. And I'm telling you all this to get to a point in just a few minutes. And it says, and then she begat Ruth, and then Ruth begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king. And so now we've gone on down the line, remember, and everything that we're talking about is pointing where? Straight to Jesus. Jesus. And so we have David, and everybody knows who David is, or at least you should. He wrote a lot of psalms, and he's written about in the book of Samuel, and the book of Kings, and all these great accolades that David had. But guess what? David had issues too. Did you know that? David liked his women, didn't he? Oh my goodness. Not only was David an adulterer, but guess what else David was? He was a murderer. Now, David did all these great things. Sure, he killed a giant, and and he led the people of God. but, But surely, to goodness, his heritage was marred by the fact that he had done all these things. But yet, God still included him. And then you go on, and you find his son Solomon, the great man, the wisest man maybe that had ever lived. And all these men point to Jesus And it's not just about the men, it's about the women too. Now they're kind of a side note in the lineage, but it is very important that we include uh, these people, Ruth, and we include Rahab, and we include all of these great women because they had just as much of a part of Jesus getting here as anybody else. Amen. Now I said all that to say this, there's three points, just three points, and, and I'm going to be just a little bit shorter this morning because we've, I've got to preach Bill's funeral this morning, so pray for me as I'm preparing for that. And just a little while, like my mind is, is going on this message and the message later, so please, please pray for me that I don't preach a funeral sermon right now, okay? Please pray. But I want you to see three overarching themes in this we read all this and, it, and if you read it and you could just move on very quickly and not think anything about it right i mean any of you that have read the bible through in a year or like to read the bible sometimes and, and most of the time in fact i would say all the time we read these verses just to read them and just to move on just so we can get to a better story just so we can get to to something that's a little bit more interesting but it's a very important to start from the beginning. And with these three facts, number one, and I've already alluded to it just a little bit, is that God can use anybody to do anything. God can use anybody to do anything. Now, if you think back over your heritage and think back over, how many of you know, know who you're, just, just, just a question, how many of you knew the, know the name of your great-grandpa? Anybody know the name of both of your great-grandpas? How about your great-great-grandpa? Royce Haney does, praise the Lord for that. But, and, and past that, you don't know much about them, do you? And I would almost bet that some of you in here, as, as good looking and as nice and as, as Christian as y'all are this morning, some of you probably had some scoundrels in your family, don't you reckon? Anybody have any scoundrels in your family? Anybody know anything about your family that, that you're not particularly proud of? You know, about every family in here has got skeletons in the closet, don't they? And we think about that, and we think about all the things and all the people that Jesus had in his heritage. And you would think, just, just thinking about it, if, if you and I, if we were able to pick who, who Jesus came from and to pick his lineage, I would probably try to pick the people that were the holiest, wouldn't you? I would try to pick the people that had the best pedigree, the people that, that committed very little sin, I want you to understand that that Jesus did not even come from the the priesthood of Aaron. Jesus came from a totally different tribe than that. And and we see that Jesus didn't have the best qualifications, but yet God still chose to use these people to bring his son into this world. And you say, well, this is the lineage of Joseph. But remember, in Luke chapter 3, the lineage of Mary is exactly the same. And so you can go read that. So we see that God can use anybody. The second thing that I want you to see in this is that God keeps his promises. See, God makes a lot of promises in the Bible. Did you know that? So many that we can't even begin to fathom and can't even begin to think about what all they are. God makes us so many promises, and I'm going to talk about those promises later when I preach the funeral. But as I talked about Abraham earlier, I talked about the fact that God promised him a great nation. God promised him that he would be the father of kings. Did Abraham get to see that? No, he did not. Abraham did not get to see all this lineage and all this family and all these great things that he would have. But yet God still kept his promise. It would have been so easy for God to say, Well, you know, Abraham's dead, and so I can move on to somebody else. But God keeps his promises even unto the king of kings. And now here's the one that I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on and the most time on. The third part, it's very simple. And this overarching thing is this point right here. And, And I think maybe this is the most important thing that we remember this time of year at Christmas is that God is very, very, very interested in family. Amen? And why I say that is this, is that when Matthew wrote this down, I want you to think about this. You, Anybody ever think about what the writers were thinking when they wrote the Bible? But the Bible teaches us that the men that wrote these words down, that they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. And so... God found it important enough through the power of the Holy Ghost that he took Matthew's pen and began to write where Jesus came from. And I believe that says something to me, and, and, and as I studied this out and read into it quite a bit, that God is very, very, very interested in the family. God is very interested, and in, in fact, I would say this, that, that God created the family way before he ever created a church. And, and why, where I'm going with this is, is a lot of times this time of year is where our family comes out, right? Our family shows up. How many of you like really enjoy seeing your family at Thanksgiving and Christmas? How many of you wish that maybe they would have just stayed home this year and took the social distancing thing to heart? Has any, anybody ever want, think about that? Think about, man, I, I just wish my family would, would stay away But did you know God is really concerned about family? And he tells us about this, and he tells us about where Jesus came from. And I want you to understand this, and and, and I'm I'm just going to be done just here in a few minutes. Like I said, I'm going to cut it a little short this morning. Is that he tells us all these grandpas and great-grandpas and great-great-grandpas and all the way back to Abraham. But see, the thing about it was, is all these men, even though they had their problems, even though they had their issues, at the end of the day, these men did serve God. David repented of his sin. Amen? Rahab, after, after she was rescued from the children of Israel, she married that man named Salmon and she was able to become part of the family of God and God forgave her of her sins as a prostitute. And all these other things, this Ruth, this Moabite woman who was raised as a pagan, she became part of the family of God. And so I believe it is very, very, very important that we teach the next generation about God. Because what if Abraham would have said, Well, God, I don't see that godly nation, so I'm going to turn back to where I came from, and I'm going to serve those gods. What if any one of these men, just just reach in there and pick a name, and, and a lot of these, we don't know much about them other than the fact that they were in the lineage of Jesus. But what if any one of these men would have said, you know what, I've had enough of God, I've had enough of, of the things, that and, and things are just not going well, and they hadn't served God. Would God have used somebody else? Absolutely he would have. But I'll tell you, even though these names are insignificant to some of us, I believe it would be an honor to be in the lineage of Jesus. Amen? And I think about the fact that, that you may not do anything great in your life. You may, you, you may be saved. You may be on your way to heaven. You may, you may just sit here and say amen to the preacher. I hope you do. Or you may just sit there with your arms crossed and say oh me. And that's fine too. But guess what? At the end of the day, if you have raised your family, if you have raised your children and your grandchildren, guess what? They may do something great for God. I think about stories about how, how people have, have, their parents, you know, they just got saved and two or three generations later, some of the greatest preachers that have ever been called were called out of people that, that just had to trust God. And I think about my children and I, I was holding Barrett the other night and I thought about him and I thought, what's this little guy going to do for God? And it's my responsibility to teach him about God. God is very interested in the family. Now, has this been sort of a strange message? But, but has it made sense? Is everybody still with me this morning? That God can take all these names which, which mean absolutely nothing to us and He can put them together and He can send somebody as great as Jesus. Jesus is the turning point in history. Jesus is where the cross is where we measure from things from these days. Did you know that? And it's all because these men and these women and these folks lived a godly life and did what God asked them to do. They may not have felt significant. They may not have felt like they were making a big dent in the world. But yet God still used them in a great and mighty way. Let's pray. Father, we love you, God. And Lord, as strange and as odd as this is today, God, I pray that it would resonate with people. And God, I just pray that you would touch people. Lord, my prayer this morning is that it would resonate with some younger folks. God, some people that have younger kids and and the fact that that they may not be able to do great things in their life, the parents and the grandparents, but Lord, that they can pass you on and and pass your, your love and your legacy on to the next generation and the next generation. And Lord, until you tarry, that we would still have people and that Lord, we could read things and say that, that we had this person and this person had this person and they did great things for you. Lord, I just pray that you would bless the families at Cookville Free Will Baptist Church. And God, I just pray that as we go into this time where Lord, we may see our families. And Lord, let us reflect back on the fact that, that you're, you're, you're interested in families. And God, that you care about families. And God, I just pray that you would help us to be gracious to our families. Maybe somebody needs to hear that this morning. Lord, just meet the needs. God, I pray that you would use the insignificant people to do significant things. And God, we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.